So now we're going to uh, read from the Bible, and we're continuing the series in the Beatitudes. So the reading is uh, Matthew chapter 5, and starting from verse 1, if you want to follow along. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, let me add my welcome to Drys. My name is Michael, uh, one of the volunteer pastors here at Soul Revival. Um, you might also know me as Greaves um, if you're one of the younger crew on a Friday night. Um, I'm super excited to be here. Welcome to everyone who is online. Um, I normally give a shout out to Ray in Tokyo, but I've heard a rumour, and I can see him over there, that Ray is in Kiriwe. So, Hello to Ray in Kiriwe. Glad you could join us. Um, it's really wonderful uh, to be here, uh, and before I begin, I'd like to pray for us as we have a look at God's Word. So let me pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, tonight. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together um, here at Kiriwi and online. Uh, thank you that we can sing praises to you, that we can come to you in prayer, um, that you share with us your Word. Uh, and as I speak now, Lord, I pray that you would guide my words and that you would open our hearts and our minds to you, that we may know you and love you more and seek to share that love and truth with those that we know. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'd like to start uh, tonight by going back a little bit in history uh, to the year 2004. Now, I did a survey on Friday night, and I asked everyone, who was alive in the year 2004? And I think Braddo put his hand up, and I think a couple of the leaders put their hands up, and no one else did. And then I said... Put your hand up if you were born after the year 2004, and 90% of the room shot their hand up. Uh, there's a mob of them over there, so apologies to you guys. I'm doing the same story again, so bear with me. Um, there's a few people here who haven't seen it yet. Uh, in the year 2004, uh, if you had a couple of kilometres 
south of here down the Princess Highway, uh, and you come to a footbridge, if you were to turn to the right, you'll see a building, a two-story building, with a mural on it, it's got dinosaurs on it. Why that mural is there, I don't know. What it represents, I don't know. Did I spend seven years in that building? Yes, I did. That, uh, that is the English department at Guymere Technology High School, um, the greatest of edu educational institutions here in the Shire. Um, there's a few alumni amongst us in the audience. There's a couple in, a couple in front of me here. Joel's very professionally dressed in, a, in his team polo. Um, and upstairs uh, in that room in 2004 um, was a much younger and uh, pre-bearded Greaves. Uh, our English uh, theme for the HSC that year was journeys. I don't know what it is this year and I'm too far gone to really care, but if you want to tell me later, you can. <laughs> I didn't care then and I, I probably won't care now. Um, journeys was an exploration, uh, exploration of narrative where something or someone moved from one place to another. Uh, and at the start of the year, the teacher said, um, there's three streams we can choose from when it comes to teaching journeys. Uh, the first one was the physical journey. Uh, the action-adventure story where the protagonist travels on a quest to defeat the villain and save his family. Uh, but our teacher said that was too simplistic and that's what the bottom English class was doing. <laughs> the second was the uh, imaginary journey. Uh, a fiction within a fiction where the protagonist explores... Uh, the world's a pure imagination from the depths of the author's mind. Uh, but again, uh, we didn't get to study that. Not serious enough, the teacher said. So what did we get to study? Well, our teacher chose the serious stream, the academic stream. Um, I would deem it the pretentious stream. Uh, the journey, the inner journey. The exploration of one's inner being and how someone responds to changes within themselves as they experience life. Now, while I, for some reason, remember all of that, I have no idea what book we were actually supposed to read. Um, it probably would have helped if I had have read it, um, but that would have shown a desire to learn. Now, you see, there's two things uh, that you didn't want to be at Guymere Technology High School in the year 2004. The first one was someone that showed a desire to want to learn and achieve in life, uh, and the other one was to call yourself a Christian. Uh, and being one of them was going to be hard enough. Where am I? Sorry. Uh, and so I often, but I often reflect back um, on my effort in English uh, when it comes to studying passages of the Bible like the Beatitudes. Because in Matthew 5, there's no action set pieces, uh, no stories of men climbing up trees to try and get a sneak peek of Jesus. Uh, there's no uh, Tom Cruise dropping through the roof to try and get in front of Jesus. There's no blind people seeing or lame people walking or demon-possessed people terrorizing towns. Jesus traveling around from place to place being chased by mobs and hurled abuse at. Instead, the Beatitudes, instead, in the Beatitudes, we see a journey of an inner change. In just a few short sentences, we see Jesus explain to his disciples in the crowd uh, that they are not who they should be and this is, how they should be, and this is what they're supposed to be that they should look at the world differently. And he calls that group of people who look at the world that way, blessed. Uh, if you look at me at verse 3, can we bring uh, verse 3 up on the screen, please? Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, the Christian journey begins with a recognition that before God we are nothing and have nothing that we can offer him. 
And it is him that offers the kingdom of God to us. In verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Upon recognizing our position before God, we mourn our sin and our rebellion of God. And by his grace, he lifts us up and comforts us. In verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We should live not by our own strength, but in the knowledge that God is the king of the universe. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. As someone who mourns their sin and longs to know God, we long to know him more and more and more. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. As we see God's righteousness and receive um, his mercy and his grace, that mercy should overflow out of us. In verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We seek no longer to live lives um, that we used to, but now we seek, life, uh, lives, seek to live life that honours God as king. Verse 9, in last week. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Because we are no longer in conflict with God, a Christian seeks to live a life of peace in the world. Now, this isn't a step-by-step guide how to be and live as a Christian. It's not the instructions from a flat pack in Ikea where you get the extra Allen key. Turn to step three, be meek. No, it's not like that at all. And given the number of people in this room and people online that are watching, um, there could be various places in your journey of faith where you could be. Uh, But as we've been reading the Beatitudes um, over and over again this series, and I've been reading it in preparation for this this week, I keep seeing the same pattern. There is a recognition that God is God and we are not. That we have fallen short of his perfect standards. And it is only by his grace that we've been made right with him. And when we accept his grace and he gives us his Holy Spirit, he changes us to be more like him. But like any good inner journey... It doesn't stay inside for long. As he changes us to be more like him, we change how we live and how we speak and how we interact with the world. And as this group of blessed people change, how they live in the world, how the world responds to us will change too, which brings us to verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You might have noticed that the final blessing in the Beatitudes gets a little bit extra attached to it. Uh, And perhaps you might be able to imagine Jesus as he says this to the crowd. Because this is a sermon that Jesus is giving on a mountain to his disciples and the crowd that's gathering around him. The preceding blessings can sometimes be read uh, in a little bit of ab- in the abstract. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the meek, the peacemakers, this random group of people who may or may not be there. But he finishes this section of the sermon and I can imagine Jesus turning and looking at his disciples Because did you see in verse 11 the change? Not blessed are the persecuted, but blessed are you. Blessed are you when people insult you. 
persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The blessings in the Beatitudes are not some ethereal idea or pleasantry for get well cards, but they are grounded in the very people who are listening and following Jesus. Blessed are you who are meek. Blessed are you who are merciful. Blessed are you who are peacemakers. Blessed are you as you live righteously. And when you are those things, blessed are you for the world will respond with persecution because of your righteousness. Now this can be a really hard thing to hear. And sometimes the Beatitudes are a little bit confusing because they say the opposite of what we believe to be true. How someone who is being persecuted, insulted and lied about can be called blessed. Uh, I was talking to some of the youth crew last night on a Friday night and um, having shared some of my own experiences of school, there's a real feeling of pain and loss when persecution comes about. It's not a trivial, trivial thing that Jesus is talking about. And when I mentioned persecution, I'm not talking about getting in trouble at school because you were mucking up or getting in trouble at work because you were late, but the unjust response to you attempting to live a life that honours God. And why this is, I don't, I don't know. Jesus doesn't go into depth as to why the persecution is there or what purpose it serves. The simple answer I have to that is that you are part of the kingdom of God. Verse 10 again. Uh, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, And you might notice there that that last little bit is actually a repeat from the start of the Beatitudes in verse 3, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see how these all go together and they all relate to the people of God? This bookend to to this part of the sermon that Jesus is giving? that the people who, are, who make this uh, blessed group up, people together, are people of God. And when it comes to persecution, you are not the only one going through it. Uh, in fact, uh, the blessed group of people, the blessed group of people Jesus is talking about in the attitudes um, that make up the kingdom of heaven aren't just the people here and now in this room with you here at Kirawee but they're made up of people from across the world and all the way back through time. Of course there will be persecution for following me, Jesus says. Even the prophets in the Old Testament were persecuted. He understands and knows the reality that his followers faced. He knows them because he knows you, and he knows them because he himself experienced them fully. Throughout his ministry, Jesus was chased from towns, had mobs hurl abuse at him, and religious leaders try to defame him. And not only defame him, but to have him arrested, put on trial falsely, and ultimately have him executed by the most powerful nation in existence at the time. And what did Jesus do in the face of such horrendous persecution as he was arrested and taken up to the cross? He lived by his own words here in Matthew 5. In the Garden of Gethsemane, was Jesus not a man poor in spirit, as he cried out to his Father, not my will but yours? 
Did he not mourn as he cried out? Was he not meek as he stood silently before his accusers as the mob shouted crucify him? Did he not hunger and thirst for righteousness as he prayed to his father while his friends and disciples fell asleep around him? Was he not merciful as he called out to his father, forgive them for they do not know what they do? Was he not pure in heart when he looked down at his mother and his disciples and asked them to take care of each other? Was he not a peacemaker as he gave up his life on the cross, taking the punishment that we deserve and bringing an end to the conflict between us and God? And was he not persecuted for doing just that? We are blessed because, our pers- because in our persecution, the world looks upon us the same way that they looked upon our Lord and Saviour. We are blessed because the persecution that Jesus took on our behalf means that through him and by him, we become children of God and enter his kingdom. But persecution isn't the only response that comes from living out of this blessed life Jesus talks through in the Beatitudes. Uh, I want to go back again to 2004, um, and if I miss any gaps in this story, Joel was there, so you can chat with him later. Um, he's got a pretty good memory for some, some of these things as well. Years 2004, again, much younger, much less bearded me. Um, I'm having another discussion about journeys. Uh, it's the start of the year of year 12, and what happens at the end of year 12? Schoolies. But you, got to start, you can't wait till the end of the year, you've got to start planning at the start of the year. Um, and, and we're, we're talking with my friends, and they say to me, schoolies is a celebration of ending school. And then I said, but what about the Solis crew? They've invited us to go on their trip. And they, having come to youth for quite a long time and had been friends with guys like Jai who were running the trip, turned to me and Joel, and they said, if you're our friend, you're coming with us, and not going to whatever lame thing they're doing. Like I'd said, we, we, for quite a few years, some of those crew had been coming to Rev 21, which was the youth group at, at Guymer Anglican at the time that we, were, that we were going to as part of Solis. Uh, but over time, as we got older, most of our friends decided being a Christian was lame, and they didn't want anything to do with us. And they spent most of the time trying to convince anyone who was still going to stop. And they gave us an ultimatum. Do I go on a journey with my school friends who want to do things that I know God doesn't want me to do? Or do I go with my Christian friends and have a great time? Now last week Stu shared a similar story. Uh, and Stu said, no, I stood firm in the faith and I did the thing that I think God wanted me to do. And I would love to repeat that statement, um, but alas, I cannot. Um, the endless persecution that was going me high at the time, I just wanted to stop. And I didn't understand these passages to understand what it meant to be persecuted. And so I thought, okay, let's just go. Let's just go to schoolies. Let's just be friends because that was the most important thing to me at the time. And so, come the end of the year, there I am on the Gold Coast, in the middle of Cavill Avenue, in the dark of night. 
And I have to say, being there, I didn't feel particularly blessed. In trying to avoid the persecution that was coming at us, I also missed out on all the other blessings that Jesus just mentioned, that come with being part of God's people. And there on the Gold Coast, I experienced the very opposite of what Jesus was saying. Looking around at all the school leavers celebrating, no one was poor in spirit, no one was mourning, and there was no meekness, just arrogance and selfishness. And because there was no one poor in spirit and no mourning and no meekness, and there was just arrogance and selfishness, there was no peacemaking, there was no mercy, definitely no mercy, and there was definitely no pure-heartedness. Just fights and drunkenness and the feeling of emptiness as people chased after the wind. But it was here that I experienced the other response that comes with living that blessed life that we're called in the Beatitudes. You see, Joel, who was with me, had an inside scoop on what Solis was doing because Karen had stood firm and went with the Solis crew. And a message came through. Hey, we're travelling through the Gold Coast on the way up to wherever they were going. Do you want to meet up? Definitely, yes. And so, in the dark indigenous of Kavalav, please don't ever, it's awful, it's just the worst. It was so bad. Um, there was a little glimpse of light, which is where Jesus goes as he continues on his Sermon in the Mount. Eth, could you bring up verse 14 for me? Uh, from verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill could not be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In that moment, I was blessed, because there I was amongst God's people, and I could see a little glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. And God was glorified because in that group of people, I could see their good deeds. And that's the response that we can sometimes miss when we think of persecution and the burden that comes with it. It is indeed a blessing to partner with Jesus as he grows his kingdom here on earth. As a church... Um, and as a church, and as we live this upside-down life that Jesus speaks of in the Beatitudes, we become a light to the world, a city on the hill that cannot be hidden. Not just to the world outside of the church, but also to all of us inside of the church as we encourage each other and carry each other's burdens and lift each other up. So where do we go from here? Well, Jesus calls us to follow him. And every good journey starts with a first step. So if you're here and you're just investigating things of faith, I'm excited that you're here. And I'd love to chat with you if you want to hang around over dinner. And, and I'd love to hear what you think about things and where you are on your journey with faith. If you're a Christian and you've been here for a little while, maybe think about how you could step a little bit closer to Jesus. As you look through the Beatitudes, is there something you're not seeing fulfilled in your life? Are you reading your Bible as much as you should be? Or could be? Are you praying? Are you involved in ministry, either here at Soul Revival or elsewhere, working with Jesus 
to grow his kingdom. And if you are a Christian and you're finding being a Christian really hard, which I understand many of us do and will and should, maybe over dinner, find someone that's been a Christian for a lot longer than you. And maybe ask them for some advice. Because when I was talking to the kids last night, they are going through the same things that Joel and I went through 18 years ago. Yeah. The world doesn't change all that much. The world is the same. It wants the same things. God doesn't change and he wants the same things. And so there's so many people here with so much wisdom that we can seek as we try to help and build each other up. So share your stories with each other. Not to, not to spiral into a sense of, oh, is it life so hard? But to build each other up and think, how good is it that we get to partner with God? And that by working together, we get to be that light to those around us. And the response to that won't always be persecution. People will see the light and look at it and glorify God because of your good deeds. And the best bit is, as we're going on this journey, Jesus has already done it. He knows where, he knows where he's gone and he knows where we're going. So we're not going off on our own. And so let me leave you with the words of the Beatitudes. Blessed people, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will be filled you will be shown mercy and one day you will see God. You will be called children of God because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.